You're listening to the rpetshealth.com podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Alex Avery. On this show, I bring you pet health discussions that allow you and your pet to live a healthier, happier life. Remember too, you can call into the show on the anchor.fm app if you have any comments or questions. So let's get started. Has your pet been diagnosed with arthritis? Are you confused about what this will mean for your cat or dog and what the next step is? Are they lame, stiff or slow? And are you wondering if it's more than age? Well, in this video series, I'll answer all of these questions and more. So let's get started. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Avery from ourpetshealth.com, helping you and your pet to live a healthier, happier life. And in this first video of the arthritis series, I'll be busting a few myths to give you the facts about this disease, which animals are most at risk and how it progresses, what signs to look for in both cats and dogs, as well as finally discussing how we can best diagnose it. Now arthritis, or more accurately osteoarthritis, is one of the most common diseases in our older cat and dog population. It is the result of a breakdown of cartilage within the joint, which sets up a process of inflammation and further damage, which gradually results in the painful disease of arthritis. So which of our pets is most at risk? Well, we used to consider it mainly a disease of elderly, large breed dogs. However, as our understanding has grown, and with improvements in the recognition of pain in cats and dogs, it has become apparent that arthritis is a condition that affects all breeds of dogs and is also very common and underappreciated in our elderly cats. More than 60% of cats over the age of 12 have arthritic changes present on x-ray. Now this is not to say that arthritis is a given in old age. There are certainly individuals who are at greater risk of suffering from this painful and debilitating disease. Now number one on this list has to be specific breeds. As with a lot of conditions, breeding has resulted in genetic developmental conformational abnormalities that massively predispose to arthritis. Breeds such as the Labrador and German Shepherd are prone to hip dysplasia that results in the hip joint not forming properly. Other breeds have been bred so that their legs are shortened and twisted, again resulting in abnormal joints and abnormal forces acting through them. Some may only be small dogs, but a lifetime of abnormal wear will really still take its toll. Now obesity is the next major issue, and one that's becoming more and more of a problem with up to 54% of our dogs and even 59% of our cat population being overweight or obese. Now it's been clearly shown that an overweight dog may develop arthritis three years earlier than the same dog were it at a healthy weight. Overweight cats are five times as likely to suffer lameness than healthy weight individuals. Check out my obesity video series linked here for more information and dieting advice for overweight and obese cats and dogs. Now other conditions which make arthritis more likely to develop include previous joint damage such as fractures, joint infection or ligament injury with cruciate ligament damage being one of the most common. Osteochondrosis which is a joint developmental abnormality in young growing large breed dogs will also set up conditions that are ideal for the early onset of arthritis. Now in these cases the most commonly affected joints include the elbow and shoulder and this highlights the fact that arthritis can affect any joint in any leg. Now age is perhaps the final massive risk factor. So we can't turn back the clock with our pet population living for longer and longer than they ever used to before. And as a result, more and more individuals are starting to suffer from arthritis. Okay, so now we know who's most likely to get osteoarthritis, but how does the disease develop? Well, this is important to consider to help explain the clinical signs that we'll witness and to help understand the treatment options available. And also to help understand why no single treatment plan is appropriate for every individual and why treatment plans will need to change over time. So a normal joint is made up of bone, covered with a layer of cartilage, which is a smooth substance, 
and produced by special cells forming a matrix rich in substances known as proteoglycans and elastin fibres. As well as cartilage, a joint is also lined with something called the synovial membrane which produces synovial fluid. Now this is a clear sticky liquid that acts like a lubricant to the smooth cartilage and this normal joint structure allows smooth, friction-free movement. In the early arthritic joint, the surface of the cartilage becomes disrupted and breakdown of the cartilage matrix structure begins. So the cartilage cells that are there try and counteract this breakdown, but they're just not able to keep up with the damage being done. And this breakdown results in cracking, erosion and flaking of the cartilage until its full thickness is eroded and the underlying bone becomes exposed. Now, in response, this exposed bone it becomes thickened and new bone is formed in an effort to stabilise the joint. This in itself increases inflammation in the joint and it all just results in a vicious circle of inflammation, cartilage breakdown, new bone formation and then further inflammation. Now depending on the underlying cause or problem, this process it can actually be very rapid, taking place in a matter of months. Or in other situations the process can be very slow, progressing slowly over years. So how do we know a cat or dog has arthritis? It's easy. They limp, right? Well, yes and no. Cats and dogs are different in how they let us know they're in pain. So let us consider each in turn. And because they're a little easier to interpret, let's start with our dogs. Often the first sign is a mild, intermittent lameness or limping that happens after a particularly large amount of exercise. While this lameness may be seen at the end of the exercise period, it's often actually not until the following morning or that evening after a good rest that our early arthritic dog appears stiff and lame. As the arthritis progresses, the frequency as well as the severity of the lameness gets worse until a point where the dog is lame every day and can't exercise for more than a short period without becoming unable to muster more than a slow limp. A hallmark of the lameness due to arthritis, as opposed to lameness due to other causes, is that at least in the early stages it is seen after a period of rest. Once the dog warms up and stretches out then this lameness may disappear completely. The problem may also often seem worse or first appear when the weather is colder. Now in advanced stages of arthritis the stiffness and lameness may become more of a permanent feature. So one of the big frustrations I have is to hear from people that their pet is stiff and slowing down just due to age and that there's no way they are in pain. To this I say that age in itself isn't a disease and that there is a reason that any animal or person for that matter is stiff and that reason is pain. For the truly sceptical, and when I am as certain as I can be of the diagnosis, I'll often recommend a short treatment trial with painkillers. Owners are generally amazed at the improvement there is in their dog, especially for a problem which they hadn't even appreciated in the first place. The problem is that the, the signs of arthritis, they come on so slowly, and that because we're seeing our pet every day, we just don't notice that slow deterioration. Taking that pain away really allows us to see what they're like without pain being present. While this lameness and stiffness is the most obvious sign of pain caused by arthritis, there are more subtle behaviours that our dogs will exhibit to try and just reduce the amounts of pain they're in. They'll often refuse to exercise spontaneously, no longer rushing to the front door to greet visitors, or stopping early on walks, instead choosing to plod slowly by your side rather than exploring all the smells and excitement of the area. Your dog may refuse to jump into the car, they may stop climbing stairs or coming onto your bed at night. As jumping or climbing, it just causes them too much pain and discomfort. They may struggle to get up first thing in the morning or whenever they lie down, and this is likely to be worse when they're on a slippy floor. They may also spend more time sleeping. After all, it doesn't hurt so much when they're not moving. As a result of this, they may also gain weight, and that only makes matters worse. Behaviourally, they may appear grumpy, agitated, irritable or lethargic. They may flinch when stroked, they may really object to certain areas being touched and can even show signs of aggression when people, especially strangers, go to touch them. For this reason they may also stop interacting with the family as much and become withdrawn and you can see how all of these things would massively affect their quality of life. 
Okay, so let's review these signs again. As if your pet is showing any of them, then they may very well be in pain due to arthritis. And getting them checked out by your local vet would be a great idea. So we've got lameness or stiffness, especially after a period of rest, which they then warm up out of. A worsening problem in cold weather, a reduction in activity levels and reduced desire to exercise. Unwilling or hesitant to jump up or climb. Difficulty getting up on slippery surface. Increased time sleeping weight gain, reduced interaction with the family, and finally, a change in behavior, becoming grumpy, agitated, irritable, or even aggressive. Okay, now let's consider cats and the signs you might notice if your cat is suffering from arthritis. So cats are the great hiders of disease, and so it can be much harder to spot when they have a problem. Arthritis is no different. Cats tend to adapt their behavior much better, and as a result, you may only notice signs of a problem when things are much more advanced, or of course, if you know what to look for. Now, cats are very three-dimensional in the space they occupy, loving to jump, climb, and sleep off the ground. In the early stages of arthritis, they'll still do all of these activities, but you'll notice that they may be hesitating either before they jump up or just psyching themselves up as they prepare to jump down from a height. Where possible, they might also choose to get to where they want to go via a different route. An example of this would be a cat who used to jump straight up onto the table instead going by a chair to get to that tabletop. Now, as the disease progresses, and it is a progressive disease, pain levels worsen, and you'll then find them less willing to make the effort to jump or climb completely, and to find that they stay downstairs or never sleep in their old high spots, instead preferring lower and easier to access areas. They may also struggle to do other everyday activities, such as using their litter tray or going through their cat flap. And just like dogs, activity levels in general will reduce, with less hunting and less play behavior being shown, instead being replaced with increased time spent to sleep. Cats will also often choose to reduce their interaction with family as a way to avoid potentially painful situations. As a result, they can appear more grumpy as well, they may hiss when approached or even lash out in more extreme circumstances. Grooming habits is a final clue to watch out for in arthritic cats. Imagine being stiff and sore all the time. Past a certain point, even the simple act of keeping clean becomes too much for even the most fastidious cat. Their coat will become unkempt and scruffy looking, They'll stop removing all of their shed coat and will start to become matted. As they will be moving less and reducing their scratching behaviour, their claws may also become overgrown. And this can even be to the extent of curling round and growing into their pads, which in itself is incredibly painful. Okay, so as you can imagine from the extensive discussion we've had on the clinical signs our pets with arthritis show, the main way we diagnose arthritis is from a full clinical history and determine that an at-risk individual is also displaying these appropriate clinical signs. When combined with a full and thorough clinical examination by your vet, there's often no need for further testing to reach our diagnosis. Examination findings may include thickened joints that creak and crunch um, or fail to move to the degree they would have done some years earlier. Now this is known as a reduced range of motion. We will also get a sign that they are painful with this manipulation. Although this can vary from a slight reluctance to move a joint through to trying to bite depending on how severe the disease is in an individual's temperament and stoicism. We'll also likely see a loss in the muscle mass of the affected limb. They're using it less and so the muscle wastes away. In our classic cases, such as the elderly stiff Labrador, this history and clinical examination will be enough to make our diagnosis and so start discussing a treatment plan. It's not always this simple though, and there'll be times when further testing is needed to be confident and comfortable enough to make a diagnosis. This may be for several reasons, an unusual patient in the sense that they may be younger than normally expected or a breed that would be thought to be less susceptible to arthritis. Maybe a patient where more unusual signs are being presented, such as excessive pain, signs possibly attributable to nerve damage, patients with a high temperature, um, or the lameness is shifting between different joints. 
Your feelings as a pet owner will also clearly play a role here too. So we're talking about the diagnosis of a condition that will require ongoing management for the remainder of your pet's life. So it's important that you are comfortable with that diagnosis. And for some that will mean x-rays at an early stage, even when the case seems relatively straightforward. To get the best pictures, x-rays are generally carried out under a heavy sedation or an anaesthetic. And we'll start with images being taken of the affected limb. Now this may be targeted to a single joint, although very often multiple joints will have x-rays taken of them, with several being affected in most patients. When we take our x-rays, we're looking for a number of things, and these include new bone formation around the joints in places where there would not normally be bone present. We look for changes in the density of the bone, so the thickness of the bone, and it will often appear thicker and so whiter on an x-ray. We'll also look for thickening of the soft tissue structures around the joint, and we'll also look for narrowing of the joint space between the bones of the joint. While a patient is sedated or anaesthetised, the opportunity is also taken to re-examine the leg, as joint laxity, such as caused by cruciate ligament rupture, may only become apparent in sedated animals, especially in our larger breed dogs. As well as arthritic changes, we're also looking for evidence of a different disease being the cause of the discomfort. And this might be a slipped disc or intervertebral disc disease, um, it might be bone cancer, joint infection, might it might be developmental problems in younger patients. Um, there are other conditions that may show up. An absence of arthritic changes will also prompt an investigation into other causes of the clinical complaint. If the x-rays show that arthritis is present, then this is all we can say. We can't tell the degree of pain an individual is in just by looking at how much degeneration of the joint is present. We know that dogs and cats with only really mild and quite subtle changes on x-rays can be incredibly painful, whereas some pets with horrendous looking joints can be surprisingly comfortable. So x-rays can confirm a diagnosis of arthritis, but severity is assessed really based on the clinical signs and symptoms that our pet is showing, as well as their response to treatment. As already suggested, an alternative approach when the diagnosis of arthritis is highly likely is to give a treatment trial for around two to four weeks. Now this is typically with a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory painkiller, although other drug options may be more appropriate depending on your pet's unique history. If a patient shows a good improvement, then long-term management can then be discussed, and if the response is poor, then x-rays can be further justified. Now if x-rays are negative for arthritis, no other diagnosis can be made from them, then additional testing will be needed. Now this might involve blood and urine testing, a sample of joint fluid may be taken from several joints, it may also be time for advanced imaging techniques such as CT or MRI scanning to be used, and so it may be time for referral to a more specialist veterinary centre. So I really hope today's topic has helped you. Please call into the show at anchor.fm, I would really love to hear from you. If you'd like more information on anything I've discussed, then head over to ourpetshealth.com. And if it's your first time listening, also think about signing up to my website newsletter to make sure that you never miss out on future content and allow me to continue to help you and your pet to live healthier, happier lives. So until next time, I'm Dr. Alex from Our Pets Health, because they're family.